Welcome to the podcast from Church of the Nazarene. Please subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. And you can also search for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. We also invite you to join us each Sunday morning at 9 on our YouTube channel. You can also join us in person at 9 or 1030 for our English services or 1145 for our Spanish service. We also invite you to join Celebrate Recovery every Monday night at 630. Thanks for listening. I'm grateful for the presence of the Lord here with us. Amen? Amen. I'm grateful that the presence of the Lord is with us everywhere we go, but there is something that happens when we gather. I love that we're praying individually, but there's something that happens when we pray corporately. There's something that happens when we worship together. Uh, and, And so I believe the presence of the Lord is here with us today. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thanks be to God. Hey, I want to I show you a picture on the screen of somebody you, you probably don't know. Uh, this is Jamel. Uh, Jamel McGee, he spent four years of his life in prison for a crime he did not commit. It's not just that he claimed to be innocent. He actually was innocent, and he spent four years of his life in jail for a crime he didn't commit. I, I want you to imagine, I want you to, to think about how you would respond how you would respond if that was you. Uh, We're in the midst of a series on relationships. You know, it's really interesting as we've journeyed into this season of 40 days of prayer because uh, so much of the needs and the burdens and the requests that we have are centered around our relationships. Uh, So we have found this season and, and these past few weeks as we've been talking and leaning into relationships, we believe relationships matter. If you're a disciple of Jesus, if you're a follower of Jesus, then your relationships matter, all relationships. The relationships with your family and with your coworkers and with your neighbors and your classmates, it matters, it matters. But the truth is, those relationships are hurting. Those those are hard. Many of you, many of you, if I I were to ask you today, and I'm not, but if I were to ask you with a show of hands, uh, who has a relationship in their life was hurting, many of us would raise our hand and say, yeah, I do. And I know this because you you tell me, you you tell us anytime we have an opportunity for prayer, anytime we have an opportunity to pray uh, for you, our pastors and our staff, and you share requests time and time again, it's it's relationships. It's relationships that become a focus for you in your prayers. So today, if you have people in your life that are hurting, if you have some unresolved conflict or tension, if you're struggling to know how to reconcile a relationship, look around the room today, you're not alone. You're not alone. Relationships in 2023 are hard. But the good news, the good news is Jesus offers, offers us keys to our relationship. And that's why throughout this month, we're talking about the relationship keys. Uh, Today, specifically, specifically, I I want to focus on the words of Jesus. If you knew today that Jesus, the Son of God, the resurrected Jesus, has truth to help your relationships and my relationships, I don't know about you, but I'm paying attention. That if there's something Jesus said right now that can bring healing and hope and redemption to hurting relationships in my life, man, I'll sign up for that. I'm leaning in. But it's true today. But here's the reality and here's the tension for us, that the words of Jesus that we're going to read today, the words of wisdom and healing for our relationships that Jesus said are often ignored by believers, 
by those that would claim faith in Christ, the words that we're going to read, we may know these words, we may have heard them before, but oftentimes in my life and in your life, we will read these words and not really put them into action in our lives. I want you to imagine this scene. I want you to imagine that you're sick. And I'm not making light of that. We just had a time of anointing and time of praying for healing. We believe that God heals. But, but I want you to imagine that you're sick. And so what do you do when you're sick? You go to the doctor, right? Well, at least you should turn to the person next to you and give them that look. You should. I, I know, I know what that, that happens, right? But you should. So I want you to imagine you go to the doctor and you're sick. You explain what's bothering you. And I know, I know doctors don't always get it right. But let's pretend like on this particular day, he, she, they get it exactly right. They're able to listen to your symptoms, to what's going on. They're able to diagnose it perfectly, and they're able to prescribe exactly what you need so that you can be better, so that you can be healed, so that you can fully recover. Some of you are like, well, that's a dream right there, right? But imagine that now. Imagine that. And imagine you leave the doctor after hearing all of that, after receiving that wisdom and exactly what you need. You leave, and you go back home, and you don't do anything the doctor said. You don't receive any of the medication or the help that you need. And you go on living your life, ignoring the thing that will bring you help and healing. And even worse, you continue to wonder what's wrong. Why am I not better? Why am I not healed? For many of us, that's what's happening right now in our relationship. Jesus offers real healing today. Right now, he offers you healing. But often, you and I have been guilty of ignoring the cure available to us. Today, I want to speak to you about the power and the importance of forgiveness. I believe the words of Jesus, the cure that we need for many of us in our hurting relationships is available to us. The question is, are we willing to do what Jesus says? As we read these words that we're going to read in just a minute, ask yourself personally, am I willing to do what Jesus says? We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18, so I'm going to invite you to turn there in your copy of Scripture. Uh, I love this morning throughout our time of worship and prayer that we've been in the Word. Uh, we believe that the Word of God is alive and active and speaking. We're reading words that were written thousands of years ago, and we know that, we acknowledge that, but we believe these words are still alive and still moving and speaking. So, so these words of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, we believe uh, He will use for our benefit today. So we're going to be uh, in verse 21 of Matthew chapter 18, and it begins with a simple question, an honest question that Peter asks Jesus. The question is this, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Seven times? Peter probably felt generous in that. He probably rounded up. He's probably thinking two or three, but he's like, well, let me double that and add one. Seven Good question, and Jesus answers in verse 22. I'll tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Really, that's, that's just a cute way of Jesus saying, unlimited. Jesus knows. This is beyond our understanding. This idea of he's answering and responding to an honest question of Peter and saying, your forgiveness is to be unlimited. Unlimited, Peter must be thinking, and Jesus knew how hard that would be for his brain and even our brain thousands of years later to understand. And so he goes on to tell a story. Verse 23, therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king. He wanted to settle accounts with his servants. So as he began the settlement, a man 
owned him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. And since he was not able to pay, the master ordered he and his wife, his children, all that he had be sold to repay the debt. Time out for a minute in your scripture. I don't know what version of scripture you're using there, uh, but some translations, depending on what your translation says, uh, there, mine says bags of gold, but some scriptures say 10,000 talents. And why is that important? Why does that matter? Because a talent, a talent was an equivalent of 20 years wages. So, so now imagine 10,000 talents. You're right. That's 20 200,000 years wages, or if we were to take the average annual salary in today's world and multiply that by 200,000, we'd have $9.6 billion. So, so I'm just trying to quantify the debt that was owed. Billions and billions and billions. And actually, it's even worse than that, because if you look at the original Greek here, the original Greek for that term 10,000 is this term myrioi, and really what it means is countless. So Jesus is telling a story where the man owes a debt. It is so big, it is countless. It is immeasurable. You can't even quantify how big of a debt is owed. That's what Jesus is saying. And it needed to be repaid no matter the consequence. Let's keep reading verse 26. So at this, at this debt that could not be paid, the servant fell on his knees patient with me, he begged. I'll pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt and he let him go. Did you catch that? The debt was canceled. The immeasurable, so much bigger, more lifetimes of debt than he could ever repay. It was not, not just 24 months, no interest. Canceled. No longer. But you know what's coming, don't you? you're familiar with the story. Verse 28, but when that servant, the one whose debt was canceled, the one who, who just got, can you imagine the weight of uh, the release of that kind of debt being forgiven? What happens when that servant went out? He found the one, his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. Here, the original transcripts say something like a hundred denarii. That's like one day's wage. One day's wage is what was owed to him. So he grabbed him. He began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged. Be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. But he refused. But he refused. Instead, he went off and he had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged, and they went and they told their master everything that had happened. How do you think the master would respond? That's not in the text, right? But I'm asking you now. How, how do you think the master would respond? Verse 32, the master called a servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he pay back all that he owed. And then verse 35. In case we would be tempted to miss the mark, Jesus makes it absolutely clear. Verse 35. This is how your heavenly Father will treat each one of you 
unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. In case there was any confusion, in case there was any room for doubt about the meaning of Jesus' story, he spells it out. He makes it clear, so clear, that generations and generations later, on a Sunday morning in February in the year 2023, we would read these words and know with absolute certainty what the truth of forgiveness is really all about. From the words of Jesus. There's an obvious and crazy disparity here, isn't there? To those listening, remember, Jesus is telling a story. And those that, that were hanging on every word, they would have seen the obvious disparity represented here, right? The servant, a debt uh, that is forgiven, that is incomprehensible, and yet the servant is unwilling to forgive someone else such a small amount. What's the message? The message is in your relationships. You must forgive. You must. We're talking about experiencing healing in our relationships, finding new hope because of what God wants to do. If you want God to do a new thing in your relationships, you must forgive. You must. Even if they don't deserve forgiveness, there's no such thing in God's economy. Even if they actually did hurt you just like they hurt Jesus. Even if you would be totally justified in not forgiving them. That's following the rules of the world, the world's economy, not God's. And forgiveness really has nothing to do with anyone else. It's, it's really not about that other person at all. In fact, I'm going to drill down for just a couple minutes about this idea of forgiveness. I'm going to talk to you about two things. First, I want you to know the forgiveness we're talking about uh, will heal you will heal your heart. The unforgiveness today that you might be holding on to, the tension in a relationship, that, that painful thing from the past that you're holding on to, the forgiveness we're talking about today will heal you. Forget about them for a minute. Let's talk about you and your heart. I love this quote. It resonates with me so deeply. It's such a good visual. Unforgiveness, you've heard this before, right? Is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. That's a pretty vivid description of unforgiveness, isn't it? Unforgiveness is like drinking poison yourself and waiting for the other person to die. How's that going to work? Some of us today are really hurting. I'm not minimizing that. I'm not making light of that. I'm not saying you aren't justified to feel hurt. The actions and behaviors of others, they lied to you. They lied about you. They broke your trust. They weren't there when you needed them. They hurt you. That's real today. And maybe today, many of us, you're still hurting. Even as I talk about it, some of us, it's very uncomfortable to have to relive some of those moments, that pain between you and other people in your life. And the temptation is to hold on to that, right? To nurture it, to feed that hurt. Because it wasn't right what they did and it wasn't fair. And so we hold on to that and we nurture that and we continue to feed that unforgiveness. And the truth is, they might really deserve your vengeance, but vengeance doesn't belong to you anyway. It belongs to the Lord. And so it's actually poison and it's killing you. Here's the truth. God placed no limits on his command to forgive. He had plenty of opportunity to. Jesus did to quantify, to qualify, to let us know when, when we don't really have to forgive, when we're justified in holding on to that attitude, that grudge, 
that anger, that bitterness. But Jesus places no limits. What did he say? 77 times? Some gospels say 70 times 7? It's painful to acknowledge, but there's no point of offense of a friend that they can reach. That's God's withdrawn his command to forgive. As many times as we are offended, we must forgive. But why? Why? On the other side of that forgiveness for you, there is healing and redemption. Some of you today, I'm telling you, on the other side of that forgiveness, there is healing for your heart in your life. When we forgive, we choose to no longer hold on to that offense. I love that. I, I, I don't even know who to credit to. I give up my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's a beautiful definition of forgiveness. I give up my right to hurt you for hurting me. It's a beautiful definition of forgiveness. And today, some of you are desperate for real life, for real healing, for real hope. And I believe it begins with forgiveness, because forgiveness will heal your heart. But second, and maybe most importantly, I love the healing that's available to us through forgiveness, but most importantly, the forgiveness that we're talking about today leads to your forgiveness. And this is where we as believers so easily miss the mark. This is where we as believers, we might read the words of Jesus, you might know this story, you've heard it before, but we tend to ignore what Jesus is really trying to say. This is what he said. Jesus said, this is how my heavenly father will treat you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. One of the reasons I felt so compelled in a series on relationships to talk about forgiveness, first of all, I don't think we can talk about relationships without talking about forgiveness. It's just that important. It's that challenging. It's that real in our lives. But the second reason is I, as I re-entered the story and tried to read the story with new eyes, I became overwhelmed by how often we take these words of Jesus for granted and we don't really believe what he says. At least not how we live. If we believe this was true, that the measure that we will receive forgiveness from God is the measure to which we forgive others. If we believe that was true, our lives would look different. But most of us just kind of treat these words of Jesus as a suggestion, as an option, as a convenience. We read this story and we're appalled by anyone who would experience such incredible forgiveness and mercy and yet refuse to extend that to others. But that's what we do. You understand that right in the story. We're the ones who had a, a countless debt, our debt between us and the Lord. We, we had an immeasurable debt that was canceled. And so in response to that, we're going to hold on to the seemingly comparable, the seemingly petty debts that someone owes us. It's not wrong to feel hurt today. If you feel hurt by someone, that's not wrong. It's not wrong to feel that way. In fact, it's unavoidable. We will feel hurt. We will be disappointed. People in your life will disappoint you. That's not news to many of you because you, you know that. But Jesus paints a vivid picture. A picture of one who has been forgiven such a great debt, yet refuses to forgive others. And Jesus is declaring emphatically, it will not be like that in my kingdom. That might be how the world operates. 
That might be how other relationships, but not in my kingdom. Not for those that would claim faith in me. Not those that would follow after me. That's not how they live and operate. What's the lesson of this text? Because you have been forgiven much, forgive much. Because you have been forgiven much, forgive much. There's a reason uh, in one of the most famous texts earlier in Matthew's gospel, Jesus was teaching his followers to pray. We call it now the Lord's Prayer, right? You realize embedded right there in the middle of the Lord's Prayer, every time you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're saying this, it's on the screen, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Every time you say the Lord's Prayer, maybe you've never said that before, but some of us in here, we've said it a few times. Every time we say that, every time, we're acknowledging that our forgiveness from God is is dependent on how we forgive others. If we're unwilling to forgive others, we can't expect God to forgive us. We can't. And in case we would miss it, at the end of this prayer in Matthew 6, after this beautiful text that we call the Lord's Prayer, what what does Jesus say? For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. Do you believe that today? I feel like my whole message today could just be hinged on that question. Do you believe that? It's the words of Jesus. If you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. On the screen, I have a, a kind of a bottom line of focus, a reminder for us today that forgiveness comes with a promise. Forgive and be forgiven. Yes, the healing and the hope and the redemption that you desperately want in your life are available on the other side of forgiveness. There's some things that God wants to do in your heart that he's not able to until you let go. But most important, the forgiveness of a loving God comes with this promise, you forgive and then you will be forgiven. I began by telling you a little bit of the story of Jamel McGee, his life. His life demonstrates incredible act of forgiveness. Take a look. It all went down on this block in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Back in 05, Jamel McGee says he was minding his own business when a police officer accused him of and arrested him for dealing drugs. You saying the officer made it up? Yeah, it was all made up. Of course, a lot of accused men make that claim, but not many arresting officers agree. So you phonied the report? I did, I falsified the report. This is former Benton Harbor police officer Andrew Collins. Were you just trying to chalk up an arrest? Basically, the start of that day, I was going to make sure I had another drug arrest. And in the end, you put an innocent guy in jail? Correct. Yeah. You lost everything. I lost everything. My only goal was to seek him when I got home and to hurt him. Really? That was my goal. Eventually, that crooked cop was caught, served a year and a half for falsifying many police reports, planting drugs and stealing. Of course, Jamal was exonerated, but he still spent four years in prison for a crime he didn't commit. Today, both men are back here in Benton Harbor, which is a small town, maybe a little too small. 
Hey guys, thank you. Last year, by sheer coincidence, they both ended up at Mosaic, a faith-based employment agency where they now work side by side in the same cafe. Oh, excuse me. And it was in these cramped quarters that the bad cop and the wrongfully accused had no choice but to have it out. And I said, honestly, I have no explanation. All I can do is say I'm sorry. And Jamel says that was all it took. That was pretty much what I needed to hear. Today, they're not only cordial. Saturday, we went to the trampoline park. They're friends. Uh, you know, we talk about life. Such close friends. Not long ago, Jamel actually told Andrew he loved him. And I just started weeping because he doesn't owe me that. Uh, he, I don't deserve that, you know? Did you forgive for his sake or for yours? No, for our sake. Not just us, for our sake. Jamel went on to tell me about his Christian faith and his hope for a kinder <laughs> mankind. He wants to be an example. So now he and Andrew give speeches together about the importance of forgiveness and redemption. I'll grab this one, set it over there. And clearly, if these two guys from the coffee shop can set aside their bitter grounds, what's our excuse? Steve Hartman, On the Road, in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Today, uh, I want to invite you to search your heart. <laughs> Is there anyone in your life today that you simply must forgive? That's what Jesus would say, right? As we read his word, you must forgive. But honestly, you haven't. Maybe you didn't even realize when you came in today, you didn't even realize until you give yourself a moment, but you're holding on to something. And it feels justified. They, they, they hurt you. They were wrong. They don't deserve your forgiveness. But today you're going to take Jesus at his word. That if you claim him as Lord and Savior of your life, you must forgive. Now's your chance. I'm going to invite you. Would you pray with me? I want, I want you to bow your heads. I believe a message like this is so important. Can I be really honest with you today? It has been a really weird day so far. I don't have to quantify all of that, but just to say, it's just been one of those mornings today. For me, for just different things happening. And it just, not to over-spiritualize it, but I just had to believe that God really wanted to speak today to somebody's heart. Because there's just been opposition, noise, distraction, some extra chaos today. I don't know what that's about. But today, I, I, I believe a message like this prompts, requires a response. So today is your chance. Now, later, you might have to reach out to somebody. You might have to make a phone call, write a card, send a text, initiate a conversation. But, but we're going to begin right now. I want to invite you... Um, in a minute, we're going to pray. We're going to sing a song. We're going to invite the Lord to move and speak. We're going to reflect. We're going to sing a song that reminds us Jesus paid it all. <laughs> the debt that we've been forgiven. But before we do that, today, if you're here in the sound of my voice and you're struggling with this idea of forgiveness, it's hard for you 
you're wrestling today. There's a tension deep in your soul and you are asking the Lord's help. I want to invite you right now just to stand right there where you're sitting. Just stand. You don't need to come forward. Nobody's going to come to you. Nobody's going to ask you anything. This is very private, but I just feel led today. This matters too much. It matters too much that in the hearts and lives of the disciples of Jesus, of the followers of Jesus, there can't be a root, a hint of unforgiveness. And so today, I just want to invite you to have the courage. If that's you today, and this this idea of forgiveness is just hard for you. There's no shame in that. There's no judgment in that. As I pray today, I want to pray specifically. So if that's you, I just want to encourage you right now. would Would you just stand? I'm going to wait just a minute. I believe God's here and he's speaking. I believe there's some powerful things that hang in the balance of your relationships today. And this matters. I don't even understand, but I just know it matters. There's healing available today. There's incredible mercy and grace and forgiveness available today from your heavenly father. Don't be the one in the story, right? Don't be the one in the story who's been forgiven so much, but will not forgive someone else. Waiting just a moment more in case there's anyone else. There's no pressure today. That's not it. We just want to respond. God's here. His presence is here. God is speaking. He's moving in hearts and lives throughout our church. We're in a season where we're experiencing God pour out his spirit in powerful ways. And I believe today is a part of that. It's a part of that. God, every heart today, surrender to you. Every person in the sound of my voice that's crying out for your help. That's what we're responding to today. We're saying, God, I need your help because I want to forgive. I'm making that decision today to forgive, but I'm going to need your strength. I'm going to need your mercy. I'm going to need your compassion. I'm going to need the words to say. I'm going to need the courage to follow through. I believe right now, God, you're bringing healing to hearts. I believe right now you're resurrecting, you're redeeming broken and hurting relationships. I believe right now you're doing a new work in hearts and lives all around this room. And the beauty is, as we stand today, we are experiencing the fullness of your forgiveness. We will not hold the debts of others against them, God, because you have forgiven us so much. Church family, stand to your feet. Uh, God, we come now and we are going to spend a few minutes worshiping you. We're going to spend a few minutes thanking you that you paid it all for us, that the greatest debt that was ever owed was canceled because of what Jesus did on the cross. We're not worthy of that today, but we want to spend a minute thanking you and praising you and remembering, God, that you love us and you have paid it all for us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. Go ahead and subscribe to our channel for updates and new episodes. And if you have any questions about our church or ministries, go ahead and email us at info at cotnaz.org.